everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode here on Concepts Talk. It is your host, Derek. We have episode 16. We have a special guest. She is the first Latina woman on the show. (laughs) Um, Priscilla G. She is a life coach. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I specialize in breaking cycles of generational trauma. So that could be addiction. It could be substance abuse, poverty, just common unhealthy patterns that are recycled in our families. So I help people identify them, recognize what do you want to keep as gifts? Because, you know, from our grandparents, we get creativity, compassion, resilience, and then also identify which traumas, like the ones I mentioned, we want to disinherit. So that's where I come in, because that's not easy. Yeah, no, that's super deep already, like just getting to those particular attributes that you pass down mm-hmm. uh, through your generation, like being creative. Like, where do you get creativity from? Like? Me specifically? Definitely my mother. Okay. She's very resourceful. She's the type of person that if you place her in a predicament, she'll use what's around her to create a solution. And... Yeah, I would say mostly, I also, my my paternal grandmother, she made a living when she first came to this country uh, in factories, making different clothing and things like that. So she's she's a Libra, so she's very like artsy and, and into that. Okay, and kind of from understanding that, you know, this is why I'm creative. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Just seeing them and... What made you want to become a life coach to help people understand certain aspects of themselves. So I never had that that goal until the opportunity presented itself. So kind of listening to you with your basketball, mine was always higher education. I always knew I had to go to a top school. I had to either be an attorney. That was like the biggest one because the other options were like engineer, doctor, and that just wasn't going to happen because I don't like STEM (laughs) at all. Um, But I didn't know that it wasn't the norm for kids to view school as like a job. So I always viewed, I mean, any type of homework classes as me, I, I'm showing up to work. I have to, I'm, I'm going to perform, get good grades, and I have to go to a top school. And so I always had that mindset. And once I finished my law school and I got my degree, I'm like, like, I'm done. <laughs> I, I did what I said I was going to do. Thank you to my parents because they made it possible with all their sacrifice. But I realized I thought it was imposter syndrome in law school. Like, oh, you know, maybe I'm a Latina. And like, I, you know, there's, I don't see <laughs> too many of us in this space. But it was like, no, it, it's not imposter syndrome. I know I'm capable. I just don't want to be in this legal world. It felt very, no disrespect to the attorneys, but it just didn't align with my personality and the way that I view things. I felt like I was doing what I've always done and it was like fit the mold, go through the motions, play by the rules. And that's not what I wanted to do. I went to law school because I've always had a passion for social justice and making change. And I thought, oh, okay, law school, I'll be an attorney and I'll be that trailblazer and all that. And once I went there, I'm like, wow, there's so many, um, I don't know what the expression is, but like red tape. Okay. red tape that you have to go through that takes years and you have to go through the different laws. And I'm like, wait, how am I going to effect, effectuate change 
within a system that I don't view as okay. It, it doesn't serve my people to begin with. So why am I maneuvering through it? So I recognize that the change that I want to have, I have to do it from the outside in, not from the inside. And so when I saw an opportunity on social media about trauma recovery life coaching, I was like, oh, I like this because it's not a clinician position. I won't be diagnosing people. I won't be reading the DSM and saying, okay, this is what you need to do. I'm just speaking to you like Priscilla. We're on the same level and I'm here to collaborate and partner with you. Okay. Okay. No, that's incredible. Just going through basically the norm, like we, us growing up, we're instilled that go to school, go to get a higher education and follow that, you know, that ordinary lifespan of climbing the corporate ladder. And in some people, it may not resonate with you. You know, you'll get into it and you're like, this is not, it's not something I want to do for the rest of my life. And then you kind of mentally, you transition to another state where you're trying to figure out what am I good at? What am I passionate about? What do I want to do that'll help impact my community? And that's incredible. As a woman, you recognize that and you take yourself away at an early state to begin your own journey to help other people, you know, fulfill their own lives. Right. That's incredible. I like that. I like that transition because that's like the purpose of like, I feel like life is to not really follow a system that you're not really aligned with. You want to do something that you feel uh, that makes you purposeful. And once you kind of understand that you'll better get super far in your life, in your career, whatever it is you're trying to obtain. But I think the first step to understanding that is your mental state. Can you tell me a little bit about how you help individuals kind of transition from certain mental states? So I work, I've worked with one man, but mostly women and women of color mostly as well. And a lot of us are, regardless if you're black or one of my clients, I, well, I don't want to be too specific, <laughs> my identifier, but Middle Eastern, um, there's this consistent theme of when with women, we are supposed to be subdued and we're supposed to put other people's needs before our own. So us practicing self-care, us saying, even for me to say, I don't want to be a lawyer was like a big thing. And so that's something that I really want to help my clients getting rid, unlearning these notions that you're supposed to take up little space. You have to ask for permission to do things. or you have to think of the family's reputation before your own happiness, things like that. You have to let go of that because if not, you're just going to be like in that nine to five, just going through the motions and living for someone else's dream or right. yeah with the right. the company's bottom line or your family's bottom right. line but what right. about you <laughs> no absolutely if you're not living your own dream you're helping someone else build theirs mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong being on your own terms isn't for everyone mm -hmm. some people like the security yeah. some people like the system of going through uh college the corporate ladder and making that company become a bigger company. Some people have different purposes. People like you and I, we like to help other people while also fulfilling our own uh, destiny, our own purpose. Um, so let me ask you this. 
If you could tell yourself something five years ago, what would so that five be? Five years ago, I was 26. I was in law school. Um, I think I was already in this questionable relationship that lasted way too long. Um, so I would definitely tell myself to <laughs> um, finish your degree, but this is not for you and he is not for you. This <laughs> This location is not for you. Pretty much a lot of things are not for you, but but it's okay. It's okay that you're in this position because you did the best that you could to survive. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're basically to that point. just gradually continue to do what you do, but be more aware of what you're allowing in your life yeah. and this moment. Because it's at some moment, it's all going to be completely different. Yeah. No, that's super important. And I always ask this question. I always ask that question because it allows people to see where they are. Like five years ago, someone maybe 20 years old right now listening to this podcast, thinking like, okay, well, I want or I aspire to be someone like you. And you're telling me that this is what you would have done five years ago. They may be going through that now. And that'll be super impactful for them to understand like, okay, it's okay for me to transition in this very moment because I don't want to have to tell myself that five years from now or I'll make it five years and I'm like, okay, I just wasted five years of my life. Not necessarily wasted it, but I have to begin five years later. And the earlier you start, the sooner you get those results, the more impact you have on other individuals. And I like to tell everyone that like, that's super young. They're like, man, I just don't have it figured out. And I'm like, man, you're young. Like you're yeah. 23, you're 20 years old. And life, life does come at you fast, especially when you're a younger dog and you kind of start doing things on your own. You're not going to know anything. I tell myself, my friends all the time, like, man, in my twenties, I'm 29, I'll be 30 in a month. So I'm like, in my twenties, man, we were like super we weren't, we weren't really that intelligent. We may have been intelligent, <laughs> but we weren't intelligent. So it's like, man, like once you grow, it's like, man, like I understand, yeah. you know, I understand what, what that means. Not saying I'm walking around here like bozo, super spaced yeah. out, but mentally I understand what matters, what my purpose is and what I like and what it's aligned for me. And you're going to go through a lot of things, relationships, uh, bad decisions, financial problems, all those things are going to happen. And it's just inevitable. You can't really get away from it. But as long as you're mentally in a place where you know all of these things are going to happen and you just have to have perseverance to continue to go and stay consistent with it, it's limitless. You know, you're going to walk into abundance. You're going to walk into these things that's super aligned with you. And you're going to like, Glad I did this. I'm glad I did this. So I want to ask you another question here. So we're talking about transitioning through like your mental states. Uh, some may be college students, some may be in the workforce, the corporate world, and they may be on the edge of like, I want to, I want to take this leap, but I just, I don't know. And it may kind of like overwhelm them with obsessive thoughts on what would happen. So what are some practices that people could you go through or use to kind of allow them to get more clarity on how to transition their mental states? My first thought is you have to identify what's the risk of you not making this choice. So if you're a student and let's say you want to start your own business, if you say no to starting your own business, what's going to happen? 
Are you risking the life of your dreams? And do you want to live with that risk? And if the answer is no, then what are you waiting for? <laughs> like, right. You got to do something. Because right. yes, it's it starts with the mindset, but it has to be followed by action. Otherwise, there's not going to be anything to show for your thoughts. And second is you need to have either a coach or a very strong accountability group and support system. So I actually yesterday signed up for a coaching container where this life coach and business coach, she's Latina. I, I admire her a lot and I'm going to pay X amount of dollars a month for a year to receive her wisdom and to be part of a container with other Latina entrepreneurs where we build off each other. So you need to start surrounding yourself with people that get it because I didn't have that before, definitely didn't have that before. And you are a reflection of the company you keep, whether you want to admit it or not. So yeah, so if you are over here running around with people that just want to party and drink, um, and that's like their personality trait, then you're gonna be surrounded by people that that's probably the extent of their their dreams or their creativity is just gonna go in, in a circle. But if you surround yourself with people that wanna make a difference, that are okay with going outside of the box and saying, you know, this is who I am, this is what I want, that energy is gonna rub off on you. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, and I love that. I love talking to other uh, Latina, black entrepreneurs and advocates because I didn't grow up seeing that in my family. I didn't see women saying, hey, these are my traumas. Uh, this is what I went through and it's okay to speak out. It was the opposite. Like you don't tell anyone and keep it to yourself. But seeing friends like my friend Jessica, who's super open about her alcohol recovery. Um, my other friend, Ariana, who talks about her ADHD. I'm like, oh, I love this. Like, this is beautiful. <laughs> like, let's normalize this. Let's all talk about it. And I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but just... Tap into people's energy that's around you. If the energy's dead, let it go. Replace it. Absolutely. That's really the number one factor in growing and also mentally transitioning to a higher state. A lot of people definitely feel in some way they may or may not be in a situation that they want to be in. And it always comes down to who, you're who you surround yourself around. Yeah. Who do you... Who do you aspire to be like? Who's your mentor? Do you even have mentors? Those things are super important to allow you to have kind of a, a seamless life. Not super seamless, but you're not making all these, you're not going through all the obstacles as you would go through if you're on your own, trying to figure it out. Mentors are people that you aspire to be like if you reach out to them. They'll be willing to give you information. They'll be willing to give you some um wisdom on how to do certain things. And that's, I'm glad you said that, especially for men. A lot of us, we're like, we can do it on our own. And a very small amount understand that you need mentors. You need a team and you need individuals around you that pushes you, holds you accountable and that understand what you're trying to do because they're also trying to do it or have done it. Um, now, as far as for women, I think it's this is kind of like a touchy subject because like I think women has this super like they're competitive in a way and it's not a bad thing. But I think when men, women like unite and support each other 
more, then it allows that community of women to be stronger and to produce uh, significant results to help bring up the community, to help bring up the next generation. And as long as like women and men are doing this together, our communities definitely will um, excel in, you know, in the world. Like right now, a lot of us say, well, we're kind of behind. And that's why I actually started the podcast is because me growing up in an urban area, in a rural area, and then coming to Florida, it's like, yo, like they have so many resources. Like just for me, like, for example, if we'll say basketball. I didn't have too many places to go play basketball. If I wanted to go play basketball in a nice area, a nice gymnasium, we have to drive about 30, 40 minutes outside of our city, pay $8 to go play basketball at a particular time. And how are we going to do that? We're in high school. We don't have transportation like that. And we may not even have $8. So I come to Florida and there's community centers in every neighborhood. And it's like, and you still don't even see the kids that's in that area, in that community center, taking advantage of those resources. So for me to see that, I quickly understood the difference. It's not the community. It's not where you grow up. It's your mental state. So as long as you're able to kind of get information to know that my mental is important, where I am mentally is important because now I have a different perspective on life. And that's kind of like me sending you up for this next question is how important do you think mental health awareness is in our community for both men and women? I think it's everything. Um, especially for minorities, because my focus is black and brown. So native, Latino, and then African diaspora. And I feel like our mental health has been compromised since the beginning of history. So I can only look at my own family and there's a lot of generational trauma in my families. And so mental health was not on the forefront. No one was particularly worried if, you know, you're practicing self-care when we need to make sure there's food to eat and things like that. So, and not everyone grows up like that. I didn't grow up with that food insecurity, but I still grew up with remnants of that mentality. So I didn't grow up in an urban area, but my parents did and my uncles, and I only grew up with their mindset. So even though I went to the suburb, I lived in the suburbs, I still had that same mentality of don't trust people, always be on the lookout. Um, you need to scan, you know, all the rooms that you go into and like memorize, yeah. <laughs> maybe not that, but like, no, just definitely like that. yeah, definitely. <laughs> memorize the parking lot, like who's, who parked where and things like that. And I didn't know that that wasn't normal. Like, I didn't know that, like I said, with the schooling where it's like, oh no, I'm not here to go to recess. Like, I, yeah, I'm going to go. But a lot of students, it's like, they just want to go eat lunch and I don't know, have fun. For me, it was like, no, I have to get good grades because I have to go to a top school because that's the way that my father got out of poverty. And so a lot of things that I thought were normal or ingrained were really just products of generational trauma. And so we need to normalize that and really push that in our communities, black and brown, because like you said, in where you grew up, there's less funded you know, schools, neighborhoods, and that's common for many of us. And so 
if we don't have those resources, they say your zip code that you're born into is like the biggest predictor of your life trajectory. And so especially for our families that are in those underfunded resources, we need to start teaching kids financial literacy or uh, self-care, mental health habits. And that's just not, at least when I went to school, like there was nothing like that at all, at all right? But they're gonna teach you, you know, whatever. I have my issues with algebra. traditional school. Yeah, algebra and a lot of our history is whitewashed that so we don't even see our ancestors, which for me growing up, that was not helpful because my parents aren't even from this country. So I felt like extra othered because um, you don't see your ancestors and people like you teaching classes or in your classrooms, you start to internalize, well, I guess I don't have history. I guess my people haven't done anything that's worth talking about. But as I said earlier, part of what I do is helping people claim those gifts because we all have gifts. For you, for example, I'm sure from your grandparents and your parents, there's certain personality traits and values that you inherited and that has helped you to become who you are today. And so back to the original question, as far as mental health, it's super important. And that's what I'm doing with my platform, with my social media is, yes, I'm Latina, yes, I, recovery for alcohol, eating disorder, all that. And I'm going to talk about it because I know that I'm not the, I'm not the only one, definitely not the only one. And I'm not, and in your own families and friend groups, there's other people that are silent, you know, silently suffering. So if I can heal out loud to help them get that courage to get help, then I'll do that. <laughs> and I'm going to keep doing it. That's incredible. That is super incredible. Like you said, it's silent and they might not feel comfortable. They might not feel that it's okay to express how I feel. And that goes back to our generational trauma in our families. Where were we like really going to outlet all of the pain, all of the suffering, all of the, sh the struggles? We really didn't have that. We didn't have therapists. We didn't have the internet to tell us it's okay. They, we didn't have the, they didn't, well, not us, but them, they didn't have the accessibility to resources to learn about men, mental health, to learn that certain things that you go through in your mind state is okay. It's normal. And that's usually what kind of like produces ongoing trauma. You know, it's like now you have children and all of those things that you've lived through has been passed down to them because you may not have been able to get out of that cycle. And now you're still trying to get out of it and your children see that they're now witnessing it. And for them, that's becoming trauma to them because they have to take on the problems from your life and now how it affects their life. And it's just a revolving door. It's a revolving door. It's like, okay, when are we going to get out of this revolving door? as a community and let us know it's okay to go through things, but it's also okay to get help. And once we do that, then I think we actually move the throttle on where we're going with that community. And I'm thankful that we have the internet because we can see now like certain people are more in tune with like 
their mental health. Like, okay, they'll express it. It may not be like super um, particular, but you can understand that they're trying. They're trying to excel from that stagnant position that we were in as a community, as a whole, uh, for Latinas, uh, uh, you know, just our whole community, the minorities, the majority, regardless of your ethnicity, we all go through things. We all in mental places where we're like, how do I get through this? And if you don't really figure it out, you're just going to loop. So we talked about how important it is. Now let's say you do have someone that's trying to overcome it or they're trying to overcome that, that generational trauma. They're aware of it and they're like, okay, this is what my mother and father went through. And I can kind of see those repetitive actions spilling over into my life. How could someone kind of like start to overcome that? I mean, that's a lifelong journey. So I think the first step, work on yourself because you can't change the past for your family members. You can't control the future, but you can always control your reactions and, and your behaviors and what you're doing. So I would say start investing in yourself and your happiness. Like we said, support system has to be, has to be checked out that, okay, these are people that are, are benefiting my, my mental health that are showing me healthy coping mechanisms that are, <laughs> that are exemplifying, you know, self-care, not people that want to enable my bad habits or put doubt in my mind because they're doubtful. And so different ways to invest in yourself can look like therapy. It can look like support groups. It can look like joining different communities, whether online or in real life of like-minded supportive people. It can look like your nutrition, your lifestyle choices, you know, your alcohol intake or whatever else you might like to indulge in. It can look like working out, you know, exercise is really good for depression and anxiety and things like that. So there's things that you can do that cost money, but there's also a lot that you can do that's completely free and accessible. So there's so many resources, you know, you can go to my page at Cycle Breaker Coach yep. and look at my posts. Yeah. I have examples. And that's actually what you specialize in as well. So if someone will want to speak with you on this particular topic, you'll be able to coach them. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, basically with coaching, because I've I've been the patient with therapists and psychiatrists and different rehabs. And I always felt like it was kind of like a professor student relationship and like an elder little kid relationship where it's like, I didn't like the power dynamic where it's like they have the answers and they can diagnose me and things like that. I like with coaching that it's a team effort and we're collaborating. And actually I view my clients as whole. They already have the inner resources. They already know what they need to do. I'm just there to kind of guide them. And yeah, so I recommend coaching, especially for people who have tried therapy or who know what they want, because my clients, they identify their goals. I don't say this is what you need to do, which is what therapists do. They're like, OK, you need to um, write in your journal. You need to do this. They kind of like dictate what is best for you with us we believe that the client knows what's best for them. So they tell me, this is what I wanna accomplish and this is how I'm gonna do it. And I'm just there to 
kind of ask powerful questions to let them have those aha moments and let them see how strong they are. Okay. Give me one of those questions. Okay. So Derek, what would you like to get out of today's session? Today, I would like to provide insight and knowledge on how aware you should be with your mental health, with your mental state, where you are in your journey. And I kind of tie into entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs, we go through a lot mm-hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And it's not because of problems. It's just a lot of obsessive thoughts about the present, the past and the future. And if you're not able to control those thoughts, then it could put you in a place where you'll be stagnant, where you won't make progression, where you'll kind of fail a lot and not really see success. And once you are able to actually take control of your mentality, you'll start to see things from a different perspective and you'll understand, okay, I went through this because of X, Y, and Z. Nothing in my past really matters. What matters now is in the present and what I'm going towards is the future. So as long as we are able to actually understand that in our community, then we'll have more individuals that are like inspired, motivated, consistent, because they know it's okay to go through things. It's okay to fail. It's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to have past problems. Anything in your past is non-existent. You don't worry about it anymore. Focus on the present. Focus on getting through certain obstacles that's currently holding you back from like getting to that goal. Um, And that's basically what I would like to do today. And not just for men, for also women. Because we see a lot of women going into entrepreneurship, learning, okay, I don't have to be a housewife. I don't have to be at home. I don't have to take stuff from the man all day. I can do something on myself or do something for myself. And I think seeing more women that speaks on certain topics could actually build our community. And that's more so what I just, I just mentioned this so many times is build the community, build the community, build the community. But that's what it's about. Because again, we do have that gap of information that we don't have or not don't have, but didn't have to allow us to get to these, um, to produce more successful business owners. And again, everyone is not going to be a business owner. Everyone is going to be an entrepreneur. So this is for the people that actually want to do that. They want to conquer uh, their life. They want to be able to have healthy relationships, healthy families to produce offsprings, to bring in a stronger generation that don't really have like these generational problems that just keep getting passed down from generation to generation. And it's not because that is like you is just, it's the things that we go through and we're not really identifying why we're going through that. And once we actually identify it, conquer it, resolve it, get out of that loop, then we produce a more substantial, I would say offspring in a way. And then we just continue to grow as a community and produce better results for those urban areas, for those rural areas, for the ones that's in poverty, we kind of get out of that. If you have, you, you teach your kids about entrepreneurship rather than, you know, just something like sports or entertainment, they're going to grow up like, okay, dad, I want to, I'm going to start a business uh, while playing sports. And when we're playing sports, like 
we only like super lasered in on becoming a professional. And again, we all know the statistics on that. Everyone's not going to make it, but you can make it as an entrepreneur. You can't make it as a business owner. And that same mentality that you have to constantly grind so hard each and every day to be a pro athlete, it's the same process. So that's basically what I like to cover in this podcast, not only for men, but also for women. So I hope that kind of answers your question. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So if you were a client of mine, basically the next step would be me identifying like a target. So how would we know that you're being inspirational? And we would identify metrics like, oh, I would know because let's say you had a course, you know, more people would sign up for my course. So I would see that my message is getting across, things like that. And then I'll also ask more questions like, you know, what's underneath this drive for entrepreneurship? And then you might explore like, why do I care so much? And then when we have these conversations, my clients have those aha moments where they're like, oh, this stems from some random thing like years ago, or this stems from, and when you were talking about how things are recycled generationally, awareness is huge. And a lot of people, we repeat things without even having awareness that we're repeating them mm-hmm. because it's normal. <laughs> and it's, we think it's our culture or we think it's someone's personality. And it's like, no, let's, let's look at it a little bit more closely and see if there's something more to it. So that's my initial reaction. Also, I agree with the entrepreneurship and I've been thinking about this. I'm like, why wasn't that even an elective in in right. school yeah. or or even something that seems feasible? I, I mean, how much did my education cost and uh, so many hours studying and writing and reading and I would have much rather invested that time. First of all, I'm thankful for my education, um, but I would have preferred to have maybe just the option or the thought that I could have created my own business and used my talents and my skills for my own thing. Like, I didn't even think that was an option. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yes. So I like that we're showing like, yes, you, whether it was years of basketball or years of higher education, whatever the case is, you can still make that choice to follow your dreams. Like there really is no deadline. Right. Yes. That's, and you said it so perfectly. There's still, there's still opportunity, number one, but there's no opportunity if you don't know about it. So you go to school, the first thing they're going to give you is a uh, curriculum, right? And this curriculum, you have to follow it. You go to school, you go and enroll, they're gonna give you the classes that's required for this degree. Mm-hmm. You get to choose electives in this particular you know, subject. You never really get to choose what you want to do. You have to follow the curriculum if you're going for higher education, right? The, having the ability to choose and know, okay, so this is what it's going to take for me to be an entrepreneur. And what an entrepreneur is, is someone that basically create or, are in, or is innovative to change the market, to start something. Uh, it could be anything like you see a lot of the same businesses everywhere. You see car washes, you see laundry mats, you see hotels. Those people started out as entrepreneurs. 
they said, okay, what does it take for me to start a business or a laundromat or, or a, or a um, car dealership? And they figured it out. And they started a car dealership, took some years, it took some experiences, ferries, and all these things are going to go through the same way you go through higher education. So I think that's why, um, I guess my point is, is that I'm not trying to steer anyone away from getting a higher education because it is super important. It is super important to have that information that you can receive from books without having to actually fail. You also kind of instill a system into yourself like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm in class. I need to make sure that I'm studying. I need to make sure that I'm doing X, Y, and Z to instill those principles into yourself. So it actually kind of um, prevents you from going through so many of these problems over and over again. And once you can, once you can like transition that into like your entrepreneur journey, it helped. It definitely helped. Like you're still going to go through things and you're going to feel like you don't know anything at all. So I went to college and then I got into the entrepreneur world. I'm just like, and I'm having conversations with other business owners and I'm just like, like, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. I feel so uneducated, but it's not that that is a bad thing. It's actually good. We all heard the saying, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. So once you're able to get around, like back to the point where we were like talking about who you surround yourself around, you don't want to be the smartest person. If I know everything in my friend group, I like, I need new friends because I need somebody to teach me something in order for me to actually apply it to my life. If I, you know, if it aligns with me. So I like kind of, that was kind of like moving towards, um, this question. This would be the last question I have for you here. You, you speak a lot about your parents, right? You come from a, uh, two parent household. Okay. How important is that? Um, for individuals growing up and how does that affect, well, I guess these are two different questions. So how does that, do you think that is important as, um, for individuals going through or growing up? So I do think two parent households are ideal, but there's like a little asterisk I would put. It has to be a healthy family relationship because the family is only as strong as the parents' marriage or their partnership. And so I definitely believe that two separate happy households are better than one chaotic household. So if you cannot provide a healthy model of what a relationship looks like, then don't bother. Just co-parent. Um, because marriage is an institution that you don't have to buy into. So if if marriage doesn't appeal to you, then don't become married. If monogamy isn't for you, then don't become monogamous. Like it sounds pretty simple, but I, I saw that growing up with different coupleships in my family and my extended family where it's like, okay, on paper, oh, they've been married for 30 years, but behind closed doors, they're roommates that don't even like each other or there's abuse or there's domestic violence or there's disrespect. And why are you doing this? And it comes back to, okay, the generational expectations of, well, our culture, well, I'm Catholic as well. I grew up Catholic. You don't get divorced. You get married, you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think we need to keep pushing and holding on to these narratives and these traditions. If at the core, no one's really happy or authentic. So 
In short, I don't think you have to have a two-parent household to become a healthy and happy adult. I think it would be great if everyone could grow up in a two-parent household, whether they're same sex, different sex. But as long as you just have healthy adults modeling conflict resolution and uh, working together and things like that, I think that's really what matters is what are they showing the children? My purpose for that question was because a lot of us in our community grow up in a single parent home. And the kind of impact that has on how someone's life is going to end up, what do they see as a child? Do you see a happy family? Do you see a man loving his wife or his wife loving her husband? And I kind of, I feel like it plays a super important role on their, you know, on the coming generation, um, just to allow them to have certain characteristics instilled into them. So we would say, grow up in a loving family. So you, you know how to love. You've been loved. So if you know how to love, if you've been loved, you know how to give love. You see happiness, you see respect. And those things, those characteristics, again, kind of are instilled into you to allow you to resonate that in the world. So as a, as a child growing up, again, you're going to go through relationship problems and you, you may f get with someone that's grew up with a single parent. They didn't see a happy family and your love may be different from theirs. You know, it's okay. Like, why is this? I don't feel love from you. And it's not because they don't love you. It's because they don't know how to love because they never seen it. Right. And again, that kind of, again, stems back to your mental state, your mentality. Some people may see that as, oh, they're just a toxic person. And they may, again, leave that person because they may feel like they're not really being loved. And this may seem like a super topic, but I'm getting somewhere. No, I'm listening. So they may feel like it's, it's a bad thing. But to the person that's growing up in a single parent home, they're trying coming from a person that's grew up in a, uh, you know, two parent home. They may feel like this is what it takes. Now you just created another repetitive cycle on this individual that was trying because of your expectations. So the point I'm trying to make here is that when you're mentally aware, you understand that it's not that they aren't loving me. It's just how they love because this is what they seen growing up from a single parent home. And that's just on the topic of love. There's multiple scenarios that we can cover. Um, just seeing your father go to work all the time. Then it may feel like the son, he's always at work. He's never at home. He's going to, that's going to follow. It's going to be passed down because I never see my father at home. He's always at work or your mother is always at work. So those things is what I see typically that kind of pass on in our community because we follow that tradition. And if we can kind of understand, like, it doesn't have to be that way, you know? And for once you actually get out into the world and start to communicate with other people, you may, you're going to see different things and have different perspectives on life. Like, well, I was kind of like in a box, like, all right, so 
this is actually what the world is. And once you're able to understand that everything is going to be how you expect it to be, you'll actually progress further in life. Um, so that was really like the purpose. I was trying to make with that. Hopefully it was like super clear. <laughs> yeah. I sometimes kind of like use these scenarios because people do go through that and people may think, well, I didn't have a mother growing up, so I don't know what it is like to love a woman or to get love from a woman. And I think those things are important in our communities because once they figure it out and identify that, they start to work on that. And once you are able to work on that, you may read books, watch YouTube videos, get mentors, or, you know, whatever it is that you find out that's helpful to you to kind of seal or heal that trauma. It and pushes us up through the ladder of like this cultural difference we have. And I think that's important. I hope I made that super clear. Um, so that was it for me. So Priscilla, I guess the last question here is what can we expect for you from you for the rest of the year? So currently developing, I am actually already going to do this workshop. I have some dates lined up, but I want to perfect it and start marketing it. So it might be a workshop, like a group coaching that I sell or as well as going to give keynote speaking about this topic. So basically just stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. So where can we find you? Like at Cycle Breaker Coach. Cycle Breaker Coach. That's Instagram, Facebook. Oh, just Instagram. Instagram, no YouTube. Yeah. No, no. no. So we got to get you on YouTube because <laughs> you have so much. She obviously has so much wisdom. You guys, um, she'll definitely be open to answering or answering any questions that you have for her. Cycle Breaker Coach. On Instagram, we're actually going to drop her tag in the bio. Um, again, you guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you all, you know, um, our golden dog here. We got it for good luck. And uh, again, thank you. Keep your eye out for our next episodes. We have some more incredible guests. So again, thank you. Thank you for being the first woman here to share your wisdom with us, to give us some of your journey, some of your story. Uh, and hopefully that will be something that inspire other women like yourself. Thank you, Derek, for the platform and the space to just have a pretty candid conversation, pretty vulnerable. <laughs> we talked about a lot of different things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, thank you again. I appreciate you. And uh, you guys, you have a great day. Thank you for listening. And uh, peace. Peace.